You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Danielle Musto, and you are listening to Girls and Gears on Mountain Bike Radio. I have Amy Thomas from the Yeti Betty's with me today. Um, she's the race director for the Yeti Betty Bash. So we're going to talk about what it takes to put on the largest women's mountain bike race in the country. If anyone has any questions about putting on an event or getting more women um, out on bikes, feel free to give us a call. The number is 646-595-4113. Amy, thanks for taking the time to be um, on the show. Oh, thanks, Danielle. I, I really appreciate the uh, the opportunity to, to speak more to more women out there. Before we talk about the actual um, Betty Bike Dash, um, I was wondering if you could just kind of fill us in a bit about the Yeti Betty team. Um, just give us like a brief rundown of when it started, who directs it, and kind of just what it takes to be a team member. So... Yeah, you're asking me to have a short version, so I will try to keep this short. Um, we started the team, we, we started organizing the team in the fall of 2007, and there were five original Bettys, um, Sonia, Sharka, uh, Natalie, Julia, and myself, and we had left our, our bigger co-ed teams, and we just, you know, we wanted something a little bit smaller. At that point, I don't even know if we wanted it to be as small as it was, but we left all of our teams, had no sponsors at that moment in time, and didn't have a name. We we tried really hard to come up with names that didn't have Betty or Tough Girls existed at that point, so we were trying not to be something girls. Um, you know, there were a lot of teams with divas in it, and then we didn't want to necessarily associate our name with a product or a sponsor, and we couldn't think of anything. And after emptying an entire box of wine <laughs> and coming through <laughs> with 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 several different versions of, of really nothing, I just kind of blurted out Yeti Betty because we had heard that Yeti did want to um, help sponsor us. And Natalie and Julia kind of looked at me and they said, well, it doesn't actually fit any of the criteria that we just set. But it sounds pretty catchy. So we went with it. We, you know, got it okayed with Yeti. And, you know, seven years later, the team has kind of changed. You know, we've added some members. Some other women have upgraded to pro and, and kind of gone, you know, somewhat different routes. But for the most part, the the team isn't so much anymore, you know, a race result per se. You know, obviously we're still a race team. We're still out there um representing our sponsors and, and doing a lot of the races, the local races, and some of us still get outside of the state. But for the most part, you know, we're, you know, we we really want to give back. And a couple years into the team, every year I sit down with Chris Conroy at Yeti Cycles and just kind of review stuff and, and go over, you know, what we want to do for the next year. And And I believe it was October 2009, and... I, I said, you know, we've been kind of thinking about this idea of doing, a, you know, an all-women's race. You know, we we have historically not we we weren't seeing a lot of new faces when we were racing, and a lot of it was mm-hmm. we were kind of we were racing each other, you know, and that's great. <laughs> but you know, it'd be nice to see more women, you know, 
get out there and we were trying to think of, well, why aren't they coming? You know, why aren't they going to these races and Telluride and Crested Butte? And, and I think there's a lot of different things that keep women away. And, you know, the obviously you know, and obviously I'm guessing a lot of the listeners know that the, the sport of mountain biking is just intimidating anyway. And especially here in Colorado, the, the trails are technical and we race at altitude. And, and uh, many years ago, I was a, a triathlete and had done the women's danskin race, and, and it was just a really different experience than other triathlons I had done. And I was like, well, why can't we recreate this? You know, so the idea was not original. You know, there's women's 5Ks and, and a lot of other women's only events, but, you know, we're like, well, let's let's try to see if we can make this happen. And at that point, Yeti Cycles um, still owned um, Bigfoot Productions, which put on the Mountain States Cup out here. And, and Chris basically gave us his blessing, and he said, here's, you know, here's what you need, um, any, or anything that you need, you know, let's just make it happen, and so we did, and that first year was uh, June of 2010, and then unfortunately, Mother Nature decided to let us wait another couple months, and she had a really big rainstorm go through, so that was a little stressful, um, so we actually ran the race in August, and that first year, we really didn't know if anybody was going to show up. You know, we didn't really have a marketing budget, and we really heavily utilized social media. We talked to women at trailheads. We talked to other women at races. Um, our one teammate, Natalie, we always give her a hard time. She will literally track you down if you're out riding and you look like you're a woman, and she will tell you about our race <laughs> and tell you that you need to come. And it's awesome because I think I bet we have at least 30 women that have come because of, of Natalie's not aggressive, but very encouraging, <laughs> like, you should really come and do this race. So, you know, we've really, we've relied on that. And every year, you know, if, if one racer has a positive experience, we hope that they come back the next year and then bring a friend or two. And, and that's how the race has really grown to what it is, you know, going into our fifth year. How many um, women did you have show up the first year? So the first year, um, it, it was a little bit of, there's, you know, we I think we had more originally signed up because we had to change the dates and push it out. Um, you know, I think some numbers kind of flip-flopped in there. But we ended up having close to 160 finishers. And mm-hmm. I was actually looking earlier today. That first year, you know, we didn't have a cash purse for the pro women. Um, you know, we were kind of hoping some junior girls would show up. And, you know, we had, I think, nine juniors and I think they were I think 14 and under was the category that we had and then we had it was actually a pro slash cat one you know expert level we had six women in that category so and then all the rest were you know your sport beginner women Um, but that was what really showed us that there was probably a niche was that we had so many beginner women and you know really a decent amount of sport women and so you know every year really every category just kind of keeps growing. When you were, um, like, going into putting the race on for the first year, was there anything that you weren't expecting that you, like, came away from the race with? Like, you you know what I mean? Like, what did... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Weather? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, uh, like, what were some, like, key things that you learned, like, that you took from it for the next year? um, Well, yeah, so besides having a rain backup date, um, 
Mm-hmm. We we learn actually we learn something every year. You know this is this is definitely I would not say that we're professional race directors. Although our our former teammate Sarah Raleigh, who at the time when we started, um, she was on the team and she worked at Yeti Cycles and does a lot or did a lot with Bigfoot Productions. And now she runs the Betty Allride Clinic and she is very key with the um, with the Betty Bike Bash. Um, you know, Sarah definitely has, like, the most experience with actually putting on, you know, big events. That's that's her role, and she's really amazing at it. And if she ever decides that she doesn't want to help with the Betty Bash, I'm probably done because I really – I can't do it without her or, you know, the rest of the team. And um, so that first year, I don't want to say that we were totally shooting from the hip, but it was definitely <laughs> – there were some um, – there were some teachable moments in there that we were like, okay, let's remember this for next year. Um, you know, little things like we really try to get the details right. You know, we want to create not just a race, but we want to create this this fun event that people want to keep coming back for. Um, you know, the one thing that we have really prided ourselves with, or maybe it's just personally, but I love good race T-shirts, you know, and I think everybody is proud to wear a really cool-looking race T-shirt. And... You know, by virtue of having, you know, our amazing sponsor, Twin Six, you know, they've always really gotten that concept. And mm-hmm. so our our first few race T-shirts were really one of their stock designs. But then the last um, two years, um, Ryan and Luke and Brent have really pulled together what, you know, we feel is just kind of a cool shirt that women would wear and, you know, not use as a bike chain rig. Um, you know, we... Oh, we- it's super noticeable, too. Um, I saw one, I want to say, at the Fat Bike birthday. I believe someone was wearing one of your T-shirts from maybe last year. And it was like yeah. she was across the room, and I was, like, pointing at her, like, I want that T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it is, like, I I think it's, I like them, and I, I feel like sometimes, um, you know, the, the shirts can be, just a little bit too much and they they kind of distract from you know like a cool design and so you know that's one thing that we really try to add value to um and it's and it's actually for mountain bike racing a lot of races don't offer a lot of other things and so we've always tried to have a really good you know goodie bag with you know not just coupons but samples of you know products that we think are really worthwhile to explore and you know most of our sponsors most of them are local twin six obviously is in minnesota and Stands no tubes is in in New York, and so, but most everything else is really tangible, and it's you know, and obviously, the the, the woman in the household does a lot of the shopping, and so we feel like we're really w- reaching a good demographic for, mm-hmm. um, you know, for that goodie bag. I know the first year, first the second year, we also realized that we needed more portageons. Um, <laughs> the the park <laughs> menu had a couple, and I I'm pretty sure we didn't actually have any extras that first year so that was that was something that went on the list for the second year but um you know a lot of it is like background stuff that you know we try to make be background stuff and you know we put it on the list for next year and and if it's something that we either didn't order enough of or you know what have you it's we we keep lists i have lists of things everywhere (laughs) um just to fast forward a bit, like from race, you know, from the first year that you had it to now, um, can you tell us, I mean, has it always been at the same venue? And I was wondering if you could just kind of describe the course, but like what first timers are going to get into? 
Yeah, so basically when we ran down the list of things why we thought women weren't showing up in some of the race venues that we were doing, um, you know, for instance, Danielle, I know that you, you know, you, you've raced in Cal- or, uh, Colorado and, you know, you've kind of experienced a lot of the normal typical venues that we race and, and we really like it. But, I mean, you know, for me personally, I still get intimidated. You know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's rocks and trees and <laughs> altitude, you know, yeah. altitude can be pretty brutal. Um, and and it, it is, it's definitely a process to try to find a good venue within the front range. We wanted to have something that was um, close for a lot of women to get to, you know, easy access. It doesn't have to be a whole weekend trip. It can just be a one-day event, um, you know, something that isn't going to be over-the-top technical. Um, you know, I, I've had people say, well, it's not very, you know, it's not very exciting for the pro racers. And, you know, while I understand that the course itself may not be as technical or as demanding as a lot of the races that they do, um, if you put a cash purse in front of a pro field, they're going to go really hard, <laughs> you know, like you can put them in a parking lot and have them do a thousand circles and they're going to, they're going to go for it if there's a thousand dollars for first place. And, oh yeah. And so, you know, we're really limited here, um, especially like within the Denver metro area to where we can actually have a permit. Um, Boulder is pretty much off limits for anything that would be kind of in a traditional sense a cross country course. Um, there's, there's opportunities in Colorado Springs, but then it gets a little bit too far south. And so Bear Creek Lake Park has been really great. The park uh, the park director that we work with, he's a mountain biker, and so he's just been, you know, really, you know, open to ideas that we have. And, and so the course that we have is it's a four-mile course, and then depending on what category that you race, um, you just do multiple laps. And so the the never ever category and the beginner categories, they do two laps, the sports do three, um, the expert and single speeders go four laps, and then we have the, the, the pro women earn their money and they do five full laps. Um, and so there's what we call kind of four punchy climbs, you know, nothing that's long. Everything in the park is pretty um, non-technical. It's, you know, what we would kind of call not quite pavement, but, you know, it's dirt, but it's usually pretty smooth. And, you know, there's a lot of good passing opportunities, you know, kind of regardless of your skill level. So, you know, the safety factor was huge for us. You know, we don't want to bring in all these new women and then, you know, have a bunch of crashes and, and, you know, have them not have a good experience that first time. So uh, what I think has evolved, especially with, you know, something like the pro race, Whereas, like, in a you know, traditional cross-country race, you know, you may have the start and finish, and then you do this big 25-mile lap, and your your friends and family are like, okay, we'll see you in two and a half hours, <laughs> you know, and they're just kind of mm-hmm. waiting patiently. But, you know, any actually any of the, the categories, they go by multiple times, and so your, you know, your kids and your husbands and your boyfriends and your partners can be out there and, you know, and actually see how you're doing, you know, every 15, 20 minutes and, you know, know that you haven't died somewhere out in the middle of the of the, of the wilderness. So um, it works. I think it is, you know, maybe it's not the most exciting course, but I think it's, it is very manageable, you know, for us, you know, as a four-mile loop. Um, we get a ton of course marshals out there. You know, we're heavily staffed with EMT. One of our teammates, Wendy, is a, she's a nurse, and so we you know, she's out on her bike as a roaming medic and 
And, uh, you know, every year we usually have a couple riders go down, but, you know, we want to make sure that that access to, you know, somebody helping them is, is there and, and it's quick. You know, I've crashed in a race and, you know, it can be hours before you actually get to first aid or even get off the course. So, you know, we want to have that kind of not be an issue, another reason why somebody wouldn't want to sign up for the first time. Right. I think that's actually, I mean, so great. Like the two courses that I've um, ridden at in Colorado was like the Breck 100 course in Palmer Park. And I just imagine myself as a beginner, like riding at Palmer Park. And I think I would have left my bike on the course and walked <laughs> out and never come back. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, like it, we raced that same race and, you know, we loved it. It was great. It was super technical and not a ton of climbing and, and but you know like there's there's definitely there I, I think there should be different courses out there for you know for different abilities and you know that was definitely you know obviously that was a 24 hour national course and so you're probably not going to get beginners with that but but you know we all had to start somewhere and I think mm-hmm. for those of us that are have been around for a while and 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 you know we. You know, we all have these, like, nightmare stories. Like, my first race was in Gunnison, and it was, like, 25 miles, and I was out there forever, and I just moved out from Minnesota and had no idea what I was doing. And, you know, I mean, I survived <laughs> it. And luckily, I kind of like that kind of challenge, but I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't think that's for everybody. So, so there you go. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this this sounds so great. Um, I really wish I could come to the race this year. Besides the, so you have the pro division, and then I saw that you have, like, expert, and I believe sport, and then you have a division called the Never Evers. Yes. And it's, yeah. It's, 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 oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just wondering, is the Never Evers, like, is this, the like, for the, you know, female racers, like, this is their first race? Yeah, so again, this is not an original idea. Um, I actually stole this from um, the Tough Girls would do the Queens of Cross, and I believe it was their, I think it was their first year that they did their cross race, and it was a women's only cross race, and uh, they had a never ever category. And I was thinking, well, that would be a really good category to add. And so we talked about it, and we looked at the numbers of, you know, women from that were racing beginner and racing sport, and we kind of noticed a trend over the, those first three years. And we noticed the beginner category was decreasing a little bit, but yet the sport category was increasing. So we figured that some of the women who had been racing beginner, you know, maybe wanted to have a little bit more of a challenge the following year, and so they, you know, quote-unquote upgraded to the sport category. Um, but yet there were some women who just stayed in the beginner category, you know, all those years. And so we thought, well, it's kind of an unfair advantage because you have someone who's, you know, you're standing on the line and you have all these beginner women, but yet they've done the course three times or, you know, three different years. And so they still have an advantage over somebody who's a new beginner. And so we added in last year the never ever category kind of on a whim. And we thought maybe, well, maybe we'll get like 10 or 12 new racers, and at the end of it, we had over 50 registered. I I think it was like 49 that finished, and so we ended up having to break them down into their age group starts because there were so many that had signed up for that, and so, you know, there's no strict rule as to what defines a never-ever racer. We, and, and we get questions about it, and I tend to, 
you know, tell women that, you know, if you've never raced a mountain bike race, it's definitely the category for you. If you've never raced our event, you should do that category, you know. And there are some women who do it, and they've never raced anything. So they've never done, like, a running mm-hmm. race or a triathlon or, or really anything. So, you know, they're they're on the experience level, you know, truly a novice. And then the beginner women, you know, we still have their category. But they still, you know, they still race the, the full eight miles. So we, we kind of leave it up to their discretion. We're not, you know, perusing people's race results before the start and like, oh, you shouldn't be in that group. So, but I, no, that's I really it, good. Yeah, and I, you know, again, kind of just, you know, kind of adding it in. I think it it works really well because again, you take out one more factor that could be an intimidation, you know, to try a mountain bike race for the first time, and so they see that and they're like, oh, okay, well, I can. So I can do that four miles twice, and I can do it with a bunch of other women who've never done it before. That's totally doable. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, like, my first race, I was definitely a never-ever, and I thought everyone else would be. (laughs) I like like that. So I like saying that so much. (laughs) But I um, pulled up to, you know, the line with a bunch of other beginners who I would call beginners plus because they had, like, all of the matching kits and, you know, were much more experienced. Yeah, they show up with their matching kit. And, I mean, I think, honestly, like, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that feels this way, but we stand on a start line, and I look around. I mean, that's just what you do, and you see everybody in their kits, and they all look really fancy, and you're like, oh, geez, you know. And, you know, things obviously work themselves out once you start going, but I I don't know. I mean, I'm intimidated, and I've got a, a few years of racing, so... I can only imagine, you know, if you've never done this before and you show up and you've got your polyester blend T-shirt on and your baggies and, you know, <laughs> you know, you don't even have clipless shoes and, you know, your helmet could be on the right way. It might not be on the right way. I mean, you know, those are things that you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to question, you know, like just show up. We just want people to show up and just try it. If you don't like it, my feelings aren't hurt. I think everybody else you know, would agree that we really just want people to to come and experience it and then they can, you know, decide for themselves if it's something they want to keep doing. And um, over the years, what's the feedback that you've gotten back from the, you know, the never-evers and, like, well, basically just from all of the women? Like, what's the vibe like, like, when they cross the finish line? That is, um, that's a good question. You know, I think... I think for all of us, at the end of that day, we're pretty exhausted. Um, you know, it's a long day and it's a long few days leading up to it with getting everything ready. And, you know, and I'm not going to lie, I, I make all the Bettys and the volunteers, I mean, everybody puts in a huge amount of effort. And it is really amazing to watch it unfold. Um, I kind of get the really awesome job of you know, doing all the leg, or not all of it, but doing a lot of the legwork leading up to it. And then on race day, I kind of just roam around and, you know, if there's something that needs to be dealt with, I can do it really quickly. But I also get to watch everything. And the finish line, well, the start lines and the finish lines are amazing because as a, a female participant in a lot of mountain bike races, you know, it's rare to see these huge fields. And so we start mm-hmm. at 8 a.m. with, you know, the beginners and the never-evers and then the categories. Um, 
actually the sport categories are huge. I mean, they're probably our biggest category. And and then we have the pro women, which, you know, I get really excited about. I'm just, I'm a fan of, of you know, women cycling. And so last year was amazing because we had, I think we had 33 women start. And it was a stacked field. I mean, this is no, I, I like to kind of dub it as like we put on this little mini World Cup at Bear Creek. And, you know, we had um, Georgia Gould, who the season before had, you know, won an Olympic bronze medal, you know, the second female cyclist in the sport to win a medal, and, and Heather Erminger was there, and Teal Stetson Lee, and um, I know I'm missing a bunch of names because there were 33 of them, but, you know, it was definitely a good pro field, but it was fast and furious, and, you know, to watch those women duke it out, and then they all finished, and literally, like, the dust settled, and then the best addition that we really added to the weekend has been the Little Bellas, um, which is which is founded by and, and put on by um, Sabra and Leah Davison. And um, they do a camp. They do the all-day camp Saturday and Sunday. And then Sunday they kind of end the camp with their race for the junior girls. And so we have their camp, which last year I think was 30 girls, and this year they're 40 that are going to be there for the weekend. And then we also have, with our sponsorship with Elevation Cycles, they basically will cover any junior girl who's 18 and under to race for free. And so with all of those combined, we have like 65 junior girls. That <laughs> um, is. You know, that's awesome. And, yeah, and it was awesome, and I was like terrified at the same time because it's not that much of a road before they all hit single track. And in my head, uh-huh. I just envision, I envision like total chaos. I was like, oh, my God, they're all going to crash. And, you know, everybody be heads up. And, you know, they started, and it was awesome. You know, it was just like this massive wave of little girls. And I didn't see any crashes. I don't think there were any major crashes. Everybody survived. And, you know, like that kind of spectacle is just, I don't know. I mean, it's priceless, and it makes up uh, for, you know, all the work that we put in, and you see all these, you know, women, all ages, you know, I think last year we had from, like, six to, I know there was at least one woman over 60. Um, you know, you have this huge age range and, you know, all abilities, and at the end, everybody's just kind of hanging out. Um, the pros are amazing. All the women that show up, you know, they make themselves accessible. You know, there's a lot of women who know a lot of the other women in the sport, and, it it's almost like there's this guard that's taken down and it's just we're all women who love riding bikes and you know there happens to be a clock for some of the events but i think for the most part there's a lot of pride that's taken you know when they finish an eight mile race or a 12 mile race you know for a lot of these women it's a huge accomplishment um and you know the the feedback is usually pretty positive we always send out a questionnaire I shouldn't say always. I mm-hmm. think we skipped a year. But, you know, we we want to keep improving the event, and so we ask for feedback. And not all of it is attainable. You know, obviously there's money that has to be spent, you know, to, to do some things. And so, you know, for the most part, a lot of it we can, you know, we can add in and we we take the feedback and, and try to make it better every year. But, you know, I, I, I don't think I've seen an email from anybody that was just like, Oh, this was the worst event ever. I'm never coming back. <laughs> so, um, 
And I, I do take it personally. Like sometimes I read the comments and I'm like, oh, well, we thought of it, but we couldn't do it because of, you know, X, Y, and Z. But, you know, we, we try to we try to make it not just this race, but really this pretty fun weekend. So I was um, reading a little bit about the little, they're called the Little Bellows, right? The Little yeah, Bellows. The little yeah, the Little Bellows, yep. And it was talking a bit about how um, their aim is to create a com- a community to, like, empower girls and just kind of, like, introduce the importance of, you know, setting goals and living a healthy lifestyle. And I feel like cycling does that, like, for any age almost. And I was just kind of wondering if you could just, like, share your own personal experience, like, I mean, how it changed you and just, like, the bonds that you created with your, like, female teammates, like, just what it's done for you. Well, I mean, aside from... I mean, cycling, you know, I think on a lot of levels keeps some of us more sane. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, cycling cycling for me, I think, was a really good positive escape. Um, you know, when I was growing up, my, you know, my parents got me a job when I was 13, and I was like, oh, yeah, well, how am I going to get there? <laughs> and, you know, the response mm-hmm. was, well, you have, a, you have a bike. And you know, and it was kind of like as simple as just having to get to this job that I had. Just I was washing dishes, and you know, but this sense of responsibility and 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 really independence. You know, and I think cycling obviously can mean so many different things for so many people. But I, especially, I think at an early age, you know, before you can drive and before you, you know, if you're still living at home with your parents, you know, there is that sense of independence, and I think that that really can translate to to so many different things. Um, I, you know, I don't know why I would ever stop riding a bike. You know, it just, there's, mm-hmm. there's that part of the day where everything else just kind of fades away. And, you know, some days I'll get back from rides and I'm like, I have no idea what I thought about. And other days there's that whole, you know, you you have all these, like, amazing ideas on a bike and you come home and you're just like, oh, okay, you know, like, the slate is clean, whatever bad day you had or whatever stress or whatever else has gone on, it it completely changes after a ride. And and I know with with my teammates, we all really share that sense really deeply. You know, I think that there's, there's definitely um, some of our, some of our teammates who, you know, literally the bike saved them, you know, and there's there's so many stories that we can share, and I think that's that common piece that really binds cyclists together in particular. But then, you know, once you become friends and, and you share these random experiences, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, and that bond is, like, immediate. You know, you a bike might as well be, like, a language because you can really translate that anywhere. You know, I, I did a trip to Mexico in 2008. I was there for a work conference, and I'd scheduled a day... Um, I had one extra day, and I randomly hooked up with this kind of quote-unquote mountain bike company. <laughs> they picked me up and gave me this mountain bike, and we went rode around some volcanoes and, and you know, rode, like, what I called Mexican single track, which was, like, bushwhacking for, like, hours. And my Spanish was really poor at that moment in time, and, you know, I knew a few words, enough to not get me in trouble. And... But yet it was like this, it was amazing because all we did was smile like the whole time. We'd ride a little bit and we'd smile and we'd eat and, you know, like there didn't need to be this actual language communication back and forth. It was just like we all knew they were having this like super cool ride 
And, you know, I got to be a part of that, and, and it was just like another really cool experience on the bike. And uh, so, you know, I I think that that is probably the most, you know, I mean, it's really changed my life. And, um, you know, and I, I think for us, um, for all of us that put on this race, we want to try to replicate that to some level for, you know, women that may have not had that opportunity to experience it. You know, it's like, you know, and especially for the kids, you know, there's so many opportunities now, and especially, you know, in states that have the high school league, um, you know, the mm-hmm. Colorado High School League here is just grown leaps and bounds, and, and we know the woman that runs it, Kate Rowan, and every year it grows, and, you know, the girls keep showing up. I think the first year she had, like, 20 girls, and, and now it's it's even more. So, um, yeah, so it's just, it's it's really cool. Um, I think for, for us, there's that, that deeper meaning that, you know, I could probably talk for hours, but I won't. <laughs> I um I imagine all the little Bellas and the other juniors at the race too probably see you and the other Yeti buddies and are a, a bit starstruck. You know, I mean, you're this awesome team. You're putting on an awesome race. Um, and I was wondering if there's anyone out there, like any female athletes, that you feel that way when you see them that you're like, oh my gosh, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say. I don't want to embarrass myself. Um, <laughs> no, I just. There's, you know, there's, there's, it's okay to tell me if it's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of thinking it's not just you. No, I, you know, I think, you know, not not having been a professional athlete, you know, like of course I'd want to be, but I'm not that fast. But I think, you know, I know what it takes to get to that level. And there's a lot of commitment, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a lot of years, and you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And so, really, any woman that you know entitles themselves as professional and can race at that level weekend, you know, weekend in and out, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's amazing. Um, I will say we went to the high school fundraiser a few years back and Dave Weens was there with his wife, Susan Dumate. And, you know, I've, I've been a mountain bike fan for a really, really long time. And, and I got to meet, like, we all love Dave. We love Dave. We love his race. Um, you know, we've obviously followed his very storied career, but, on some level, I feel like Susan has been kind of like, you know, she's just so humble and she's so modest. And I'm like, you won an Olympic medal, you know, and, and it was a yeah. when, mountain, when mountain biking was, you know, it was just coming of age. And, and uh, you know, those are the women that I really respect and, and just have a lot of, you know, like we wouldn't be where we are now without them, you know. You, you mm-hmm. had to have that first generation of women, and I feel like a lot of times they're, you know, obviously they're older now, and a lot of them, I think, are just kind of riding casually. But, you know, one of the things I've really wanted to do is have, like, the Legends race at the Betty Bike Bash. Um, so if anybody's listening right now, if you could put me in contact with, you know, um, you know Julie Furtado and I, my friend Mary Grigson is still out there and, 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 uh, and Susan DeMattei, like, I just think it would be so cool to just have these women there at the event. That would be just, incredible. I think it'd be so awesome, you know, and and then have like <laughs> the new generation of pros, you know, Leah and and uh, and uh, our friend Erin Huck is like she's just on fire right now, and and um, and forgetting names, I can't um, think of some of the the, but there's going to be always the newer, you know, fastest women out there, and and uh, if we could somehow morph that into what we have going on right now, I think that'd be so cool. You know, have this that this be. whole spectrum of 
all of our favorite women. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I, you guys have a pretty, you have a pretty big uh, prize purse for the pros this year, don't you? We do. Yeah, it's um, it has grown. You know, the first year, like I said, we you know we had the support um, from Yeti, and that was you know essentially to to put the race on. And so, and, and then it was kind of like it was you know it was really like a litmus test: is anybody going to show up? And so, um, the second year when we knew people would show up. Um, I had uh, reached out to Stan Snow Tubes and sent an email to to Cindy, Stan's wife, Cindy Koziatic, and and you know at that moment in time, I know she was really striving to get a lot of equal pay, um, especially like at the Cross Vegas race. And mm-hmm. so I I thought perhaps that would be a good place to start. And so we had said, you know, we you know, and I feel very. Per- very strongly that if you're going to race professionally, you should get paid. You know, you should show up to races and have a cash purse. So yeah. since since that second year, you know, Stans has been a huge supporter, you know, financially and otherwise for the race, and they've they've helped us grow on a lot of levels, you know, with the team and everything. And and so we, you know, I would love to make it a much larger cash purse, but you know, there's obviously other costs with everything and. But it is our biggest one so far, and and you know it's not as big as some other races out there. But I think considering, you know, from the from the back end of it, how small this race is, and it's still kind of, you know, we're still kind of really grassroots to some extent. Um, but I I I'm proud of the fact that we can offer that, you know, pretty substantial cash purse. So you know, it pays down to 15 deep, and first place is a thousand bucks, and. You know, we try to make it so that even the 15th place person that covers their entry and, you know, maybe some gas money to the race, you know, so they're not completely walking away empty-handed. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm always happy if I can, like, break even or maybe just run a little deficit (laughs) Deficit from a race. (laughs) Well, you know, I I think that, you know, like, I, I always have this question, you know, in my head, and I'm like, what if? our professional female cyclists actually were pros. Like, what if they were real pros, like their male counterparts? Like, what if they didn't have to have a day job? What if they could just make a living off of their racing and, and, and you know, riding well? You know, like, I, I feel like it's a, it, in some levels it's a detriment to the sport if we don't offer equal pay. And, you know, obviously that's a whole other topic, but, you know, it's out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are seeing it, but... You know, you can't compare a women's race to a men's race and say, well, women aren't as exciting to watch. And it's like, no, take it for what it is. It's a women's race. Women are, are really exciting to watch if you, if you, you know, just watch it for a women's race. You know, I guarantee you that there will be a race at Bear Creek on June 1st because they're going to go at it and they're going to they're gonna have tactics. And, and it's, you know, that's the part that's really exciting, I think, is, is to watch that unfold, but if you watch it and you keep comparing it to some men's race that you've seen, it doesn't, it, it's not the same. You know, it, it can't be the same mm-hmm. equation. Um, do you want to, like, tell us any names of any of the, like, of the pros coming to, uh, blah, blah, to the race this year? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not, it's not so much it's top secret. It's that 
we've noticed a trend. Um, uh-huh. There are there are women out there who sign up early, and there's a lot of women out there, such as myself, who tend to raise or who tend to register more the week of the event. Um, so I do know, um, based on what I saw on pre-registration, that the World Cup Series overall cyclocross champion Katie Compton is registered, um, which is nice. super exciting. You know, I mean, oh yeah. And I and I think that's what is really exciting about having this race in Colorado is that we have these women that live here. So it's not a huge effort, you know, unlike yourself where you're coming, you know, if you come, you're coming from Michigan and, you know, that's a big disruption to your regular schedule. But for, for the women that live here that race pro, you know, it's just one day for them to come. So I know Katie is coming. Um, one of my favorite rock star pros is Heather Erminger. And I actually harassed her a little bit about coming because, you know, she's an enduro racer. She's kind of made that switch. But last year mm-hmm. she did say that she would always do our race. <laughs> and so oh. I, I I kind of was like, are you going to come? Because you said you'd always come. So um, <laughs> I, may have, I may have guilted her into it a little bit, but she said she was going to come. So that's awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I know Amanda Carey's coming. Um, Teal Stetson Lee is registered. Um, I did hear from Georgia. She, unfortunately, will be at the World Cup in Germany that same weekend. Um, I'm a little bummed the UCI didn't actually just, you know, give us the respectful email just just to see when we were going to schedule our race because there's the same weekend. So it's kind of a bummer. But So we lose Georgia this year, but... Guaranteed there will field. be some... So that's a really back. strong field. And like you said, most people, like I, I myself am doing a race this Saturday and I've had the registration page open all day and I still <laughs> haven't registered. Right. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I can't register. <laughs> from, you know, um, from, the, from the racer point, I totally get it, From but from like the race director hat, I'm just like, it'd be really great if everybody could race or, you know, register in January because then I would absolutely get the t-shirt order correct. <laughs> We should mention so. this T-shirt once more because it's an amazing T-shirt. <laughs> um, we'll have to have Ben put up a picture of it on Mountain Bike Radio's um, the Girls in Gear page, um, along with the link to your race and also to the Yeti Betty site. But we have some really good giveaways today too. Um, you, the Yeti Betty's, you guys are giving a, um, a comp entry, and do yeah. you want to just kind of like talk about what comes with that? Yeah, so the entry this year um, includes, obviously, you know, the race um, itself. Um, But then we also have the goodie bag, which is going to have a whole bunch of different products in there from some of our sponsors. Um, I know Endurobyte tries to put um, a sample in there. We've got some stuff from um, Luna. Um, We are going to, trying to think off the top of my head, Um, obviously the the Twin Six T-shirt, um, we actually, and I think you had commented on it too, we we put it up to a vote this year because we couldn't decide between a completely new design or just kind of tweaking the colors from last year. And so um, Brent and Luke came up with both of the uh, the T-shirt designs and then Brent posted it. And I think there was actually a lot of um, voting that happened. And when, it, when the final tally kind of came up, it it wasn't, heavily the new one but it was definitely enough to say okay let's go with um or i'm sorry the the new the new colors off of last year's design so that's what we did 
Um, so you get the T-shirt. Um, one of the comments that we have had historically was, um, you know, it'd be great if we could have lunch provided for the racers. And, um, of course, you know, that is another thing to that we've been trying to work on. And this year, Wahoo's Fish Tacos is going to be there at the event. So we'll have food afterwards. Um, we're going to have a coffee truck. And so that's really exciting. So we're going to have more than just, you know, straight-up brewed coffee. There'll be lattes and things like that. Um, there's a coffee truck lost coffee that's coming in. Um, this e- this event, the Betty Bike Bash, sounds like my heaven. <laughs> <laughs> coffee, bike racing, a lot of awesome, like, women bike riders and Twin Six t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it is, you know, like it's, it's just, it is an extension of the team. You know, like all of our sponsors, um, you know, we had to obviously have them on board to to really make it happen. Um, the ones that are local, you know, they've been coming every year. Well, and you know, Tom Fox from Optic Nerve. I mean, he loves this mm-hmm. event. Um, you know, he 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 really can never say enough positive things about it. But he, you know, loves that there is something like that, like our event out there. Um, so, you know, our most of our sponsors will be there with vendors set up. So. It's it you know like it's a great opportunity for women to just kind of see what's out there, um, besides you know seeing stuff online and you know maybe randomly seeing it at a bike shop. But um, you know our 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 sponsors that are there and involved um, you know really appreciate that there's this opportunity to talk to so many new riders. So nice. So what we're going to do with the giveaway, just so um, everyone knows, um, then we'll post the archive link so, you know, other, like, women who are interested in the race or learning more about it um, can listen to this episode. And then I was thinking that everyone could just leave a comment on the Girls and Gears page about their first race or their first riding experience. And then we can pick three uh, random winners. Um, Twin Six is also giving away... Two other packages. Um, each one will have a T-shirt, socks, and water bottle. So we'll have three. Um, we have three giveaways to give to three lucky winners. Um, and then, Amy, is there anything else you want to add towards the end? Do you want to thank any? Like, do you want to give a shout out to your sponsors? Because I think it's so great to have like such good support behind a women-specific event. And I think it's really important for companies to continue to, you know, be supportive so that we can get more women out, you know, on the trails. Yeah, and and you know, and I agree. I mean, obviously, this this race doesn't just you know magically happen. You know, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of support on on both ends of it. And and um, you know, again, Cindy and Rich and Stan have been just truly amazing from No Tubes. I mean, not only do they make a great product, but the the company and what they stand for and their investment in women's cycling. You know, besides the fact that they support the race. They also have their women's elite team and, you know, their women are doing amazing things around the country. So I, you know, I love them till the end. <laughs> you know, we, we, we really would not be on the map with, with Stan's no tubes. Um, our bike shop, Elevation Cycles, um, the owners, Nick and Gavin, um, what's great about them is that they have young girls, they have daughters and I feel like they really, they get it. You know, they want to have something out there for their girls when they get older. And they've been amazing with the support with the junior race. Um, you know, like I said, that first year we had nine juniors. And already 
including the 40 girls that are signed up for Little Bella's camp and the 30-plus that are already pre-registered for the event, I'm looking at a really another another exciting slash terrifying start with the junior <laughs> girls. Um, you know, Twin Six, you know, Twin Six, you can't say enough good things about Twin Six. Um, you know, they make us look good. They make our T-shirts. Um, those guys are the bomb. You know, I know you know Brent and Ryan really well. and mm-hmm. And uh, I wish they were a little bit closer so we could torture Brent on some rides out here instead of the opposite <laughs> where we have to go back and, and ride with him um, in Minnesota. But, you know, Twin Six is, you know, they're, they're great clothing. They provide really great support for both the team and the race. Um, Nusa Yogurt, they're, um, they've actually been one of our sponsors for a while. The owner, Coel, is actually a mountain biker, and so besides – the, the amazing yogurt that she makes and produces. Um, they'll be at the event um, handing up samples. Um, Yeti Cycles, obviously, they're they're part of our name. We've kind of, you know, married Yeti. <laughs> We've married ourselves into their company. Um, <laughs> they will be hopefully at the event. I'm not sure yet on their on their demo availability, but I'm hoping that they're there with uh, some of their new women's line of clothing. So that would be really wonderful. Um, Wahoo's obviously is going to be providing a really good launch so you know besides wahoos then afterwards there we're switching up our finisher prize we've historically handed out um, some socks and this year we're going to be handing out something that will you'll be able to have your great divide beer in i don't want to ruin it for people that don't already know what the finisher prize may be um, but it's definitely going to be Tell cool. us! <laughs> no! <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, you're going to have to just come and show up if you want to know what it is. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> Actually, one of, our, one of our kind of random but really cool sponsors that I really, of course, want to give a shout-out for because I'm sure he's sleeping right now, but it's our friend Alan in Australia, and he's, um, he makes frame skin products, and basically what it is is it's this protection that you can put on your bikes. It helps with the chain stay. It helps protect the frame where the chain rattles, and then he also has very specific designs for frames. And so if you've got cable rubbing, you know, you can basically put these really hefty duty, um, you know, per, uh, plastic protection on the on the frame. And we actually met him at the BC Bike Race in 2010. And he's just like, I would love to sponsor your race. And he puts on this really great 24-hour race in Australia that he keeps trying to get us to come to. And um, But he's, the last two years, he's been sending us stuff. So there's going to be this really cool um, iPhone slash smartphone protector that everybody's going to get in their goodie bags. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's what I love about our sponsors is, you know, yes, they're officially sponsors, but mo- a lot of them have really just turned into really great friendships. Um, Enduro Bites, um, that's another local product, um, all natural, organic. Um, they're these really great things that really, for the most part, don't uh, upset people's stomachs and they're really tasty. Brian's going to be there. Um, Blue Moon Granola, Feedback Sports, um, Club Ride, Optic Nerve. Um, oh, our amazing massage therapist with all of his students, um, Magic Hands. Mark is going to be there. Um, <laughs> Polar Bottle. Um, Jeff's going to be there with Ergon and all their products from their backpacks and, and grips and saddles. Um, we'll have some Tilby products and Luna. Um, let's see, who am I missing here? Oh, and 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 of course, Little Bella's. You know, this is. I, I feel like this has really kind of sealed the deal with 
really grasping, you know, that whole demographic, you know, from from the never evers to the pros and the juniors and, you know, what SAVE has brought to not just the race, but they ended up doing um, to the Amy D Foundation. They're doing camps on Sundays. Um, I think it's like May through August. Um, but, you know, having them added in, you know, it's, it's just been really amazing. You know, to see all these little girls on bikes is just like, I don't know. It's the coolest thing ever, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. How is that? How is that not the coolest thing ever? <laughs> so it's it's if anyone out there ever like wants a great experience, if you can just like take a younger girl out on a trail or like do a kids clinic, it is probably like you said the best experience. <laughs> it's so cool to see them tackle roots and rocks and just see their own perspective. And a lot of times they're way less fearless than me. Like I'll be holding my breath, kind of like you said when you're when you watch the you know mass start, and they'll just be like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one of our one of our new sponsors this year, um, G Form. Um, you know, I wasn't super into enduro last year, and then just kind of I don't know. It just was kind of a transitional season for me last year, and we started riding a lot more technical stuff, and you know needed to be padded up. I needed to be like Charmin from head to toe, and and we discovered um, G-Form and, you know, made some contacts with them. And, and um, they've been great. But my first recollection of G-Form was last year at the Little Bella's Clinic. And, you know, all these little girls are like, they all have their little knee pads on and their elbow pads. And I was like, what are they wearing? And it turns out they were wearing <laughs> G-Form. And I'm like, that's so awesome because, I mean, we all fall down, you know. And, I mean, right now mm-hmm. I've got, like, tons of scars on my knees because I didn't wear my pads and I wish I had and you know it's just like one more thing to add to what will make it a better experience Um, you know especially for these little girls who probably you know I mean we all fell probably more than we ever want to admit when we were when we were younger and I feel like we're starting these girls at such young ages that you know pat them up you know just let them crash and roll and get right back up and get on the bike and that's why they're going to keep coming back. If they crash really hard and there's blood everywhere and they can't move, they're probably not going to want to get back on the bike. <laughs> that, is, so, yeah. that is true. Well, Amy, thanks so much for being on the show. Um, if people want more information, the event is next Saturday. Is next Sunday? It's or is June it the 1st. Saturday and Sunday? June 1st, okay. Yeah. And then yep. they can go to Betty Bike Bash. Is there any other info that you want to throw out real quick? Oh, yeah. So we are, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, we're going to do a, a final pre-ride of the course tomorrow. Um, so anybody that's local that's listening, we've been posting it all over Facebook and stuff. But we found that actually, um, you know, if, if you're kind of on the fence and you're not sure if you wanted to do it, that if we do a pre-ride and kind of take everybody very casually and, and um, you know, show them the course and show them that it's really doable, um, we've had a really good success rate of women signing up after that. Um so it's uh, tomorrow at, we'll meet at 545 to ride by 6. Um, it's very weather dependent right now. We've had a pretty stormy week of bad thunderstorms here. So if it's wet, we won't be able to ride. But, um, you know, we're hoping for a good turnout tomorrow night. And I'm going to pick up a bunch of NUSA tomorrow. So we'll have that for after the ride. And then, you know, we usually get a lot of questions about just, you know, racing in general and, you know, what to expect on on race day. So, so that's really the, you know, besides um, it's been talked about the, the history 
of the race, you know, five years seems like a long time, but it's really kind of blown by. And I guess we're going to just kind of keep doing it because people keep showing up. <laughs> like I said in that video two years ago, I'm like, well, we can't stop now. <laughs> no, no, I think it's so great what you and your team are doing and all of the supporting sponsors. And since I can't make it this year, I definitely want to try to come next year. I have to start yeah. my um, <laughs> I have to start my T-shirt collection. <laughs> <laughs> well, lucky you, lucky you, you might know somebody that can, you know, maybe hook you up with a T-shirt. But otherwise, yeah, I think you should you should make the effort. So maybe we'll maybe we'll do like an exchange race thing where we'll come out and race in Michigan if you come out in Colorado and you know make that happen. So. That but, yeah. that is um that could be a deal. I just want to say um my earliest like the one the my first like meeting with your team was at 2011 nationals, and I think I told you this, but there was a Yeti Betty like standing at the start line wearing like this big chicken head. <laughs> <laughs> that was our yeah, so that was our teammate Michelle. Um, that's, that's really funny because um, her dad runs this foundation up at Summit County and they have this duck head and so Michelle is randomly there's a picture of it on our Facebook page she will wear it for the US Pro Challenge um, and so there's always some really random shots with her in it but yeah so we made her run with it because that's what that's what you should do for 24 hour races it should be a fun start so oh yeah um, yeah <laughs> It was awesome. Well, we'll definitely post the information um, on Mountain Bike Radio, and then uh, I think we have, like, two days for people to comment, and then we'll pick the winners, and then you can be in touch with the winner who wins the entry and all of the good things that comes with the entry. Thanks so much, and good luck with the race. Oh, thank you so much for having us on the show, and, you know, it's going to be hopefully another really great event, and, and, uh, you know, next year you're just gonna have to put it on your calendar now. So, oh yeah, yeah, um, definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely. And to everyone listening, thanks for tuning in again. Spread the word about the Betty Bike Bash. It's a great event. Let's get more women out there, um, and then everyone can wear their awesome T-shirts. Thanks again. This was Girls and Gears with Daniel Mustel. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>